Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Inside High School Sports is brought to you by Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri. Man, we have a full studio this morning. We're going to talk, uh, going to talk some hockey, some uh, girls-fed hockey, try to line up with the uh, playoffs they're looking at. And we have Rick Hopkins in studio to help explain that. Uh, we have Frank Wolf. We have Roger Weiss, Tom Prince, Francis Beck, WNY Athletics in the house. We have John Simon producing. All of that and more on Inside High School Sports. Good morning, guys. Morning. Morning, Tony. Morning. Rod, you're just looking at me, and you're way late on your line. You're shaking his I'm, head. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Anthony. I'm, you know, and you're no help. You never help me out on these things. I try not to. <laughs> well. Get closer to the mic, the Groundhog sees a shadow. We have six more weeks of winter. So that takes us to March 16th. If he doesn't see a shadow, we're going to have an early spring. So at the latest, March 15th, the Ides of March. The calendar says spring don't start till March 21st. Mm -hmm. Could you help me out, Anthony? I mean, you know, more confused than usual doesn't even qualify for the way I feel about all this stuff. When we get to the break, I'll pour some milk and we'll have some cookies and we'll sit down and we'll explain it, okay? Anyway, apologies. <laughs> morning, Nate, if you're listening. Morning, Anthony. Morning, guys. Morning, y'all. Thank you. <laughs> Three weeks since we uh, did the moaning, y'all. Yeah, you've been, uh, stra- you were stranded in Boston uh, because of the weather, but uh, glad to have you back in studio not the same when I don't know what here. it was like up here. Orchard Park probably got the worst. We were lucky in Boston if it was uh it was just wasn't like the two previous weeks. It was cr- just a crazy and, couple of weeks. Otherwise. And then when I was down south yesterday Don't complain. Tom was trapped. <laughs> well, I was I'm sure Chica- he was right. Well, I was in Chicago with where it was minus 65 degrees. Oh, ho, 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 and man. then and then once I got out of there, I was coming home to Buffalo to the uh Blizzard slash minus don't, 33 don't, degrees. Oh, by the way, guys, do not use Blizzard when it comes to this past week. They're trying to compare this to the Blizzard of 77. No, no there were not blizzard, even. No, no, no. But it was no, Blizzard-like no. conditions. Oh, when you yeah, have but, 45 mile an hour winds coming down with slow snow, I mean, it's a... It's blizzard-like conditions. Right. It is. Maybe not to the severity yeah. that uh, 77 Not was. even close. We didn't have ways to communicate. We didn't have these... Uh, all these uh, different systems where they can detect uh, blizzards and all that ahead of time. These people were prepared for it. 77, nobody was prepared for it. And the quantity and the duration 
was eons compared oh, yeah. to what we had for what two days. What did we days. have off, off of school for a month, I think it was? Yeah. Well, what wow. it was, it wasn't a month. A month? Uh, wow. <laughs> it seemed like it. It was a long time. <laughs> but no, they had so was. many different things, uh, like with the cold and the fuel shortage at the time and all that. A lot of these people, were workplaces were going four-day work weeks. This was, like I said, what we had two days ago was like uh, humidity as far as precipitation and a quick chill. Whatever it was, it was no fun. Oh, I'll tell was... you that much. And I, being essential personnel, you have no choice. You got to come to work. Yeah. Well, I, mean, so the there was was... No, I think I'm going to stay home with the kids. It was so bad. There was enough snow and drifting that literally covered the doors of houses. People couldn't get out their house. Unless they crawled out of a second floor window. We were jumping off of the roof uh, above the porch at our house when we were kids. And to give you an idea how high the snow was. It was <laughs> brutal. It was brutal. Well, you were a teenager then, right? Uh, let's you were born see. in 64? Let's see. T- uh, 13, yeah. Yeah. Actually, 12. You were born late in 64. Yeah, <laughs> Frank's looking at you, old fart. <laughs> We can't all be as young as you, Frank. I was going to say 70, 71. Woo. 70, 71. What, age? Well, no, you're born. I was born in 64. Okay. So a few years ago. Right after I graduated from Kensington. You were born in October? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, October 7th, 1964. Man. We'll, sp- <laughs> we'll start speaking slower for the Buffalo Public School grads. Oh, a dig at Roger and myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, the institutions of higher learning in Kenmore, right? <laughs> All I know is, thank God we're not videoing this show anymore to see some of these facial expressions that are going <laughs> on. Good point. <laughs> uh, Frank, you invited Mark Filippo to call in, and uh, there was a... Uh, kind of kick off news and notes here and this is concerning the uh length of periods that are going to be played now is this for strictly for the playoffs or is this what's going to be for regular season what are we going for like 17 to 15 mark good morning good morning how are you doing today <laughs> staying warm i hope yeah, I'm sitting in the parking lot outside the Northtown Center getting ready for a hockey game. Oh, you're right around the corner from us. What? Explain what the rule change and, and the thinking that went into it. Well, um, there was a ruling coming down from the state that uh, basically we're going to revert back to the 15-minute periods for regional and state play. Um, for those that have been following high school hockey, we've always had 15-minute periods. Um this past year, we switched to 17-minute periods, um, and the officials' contract basically wasn't settled, and the officials refused to do the state games under their current contract, and uh, so the state championship advisory committee made a rec- recommendation to the state executive committee that uh, if we can't settle this contract, then we should just go back to the 15-minute periods. Um, so that is what's going to happen uh, after our sectional play. We'll go back to 15-minute periods. So then in the off-season, you'll be able to negotiate, renegotiate, whatever the case may be, and come up with a permanent system? I, I don't know, uh, to be honest with you, Tony. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, or if we're just going to stay at the 15-minute periods. Um, I think the disappointing fact is that Two years ago, at our 
state hockey committee meeting, we brought this up, and for two years we've planned to go to the 17-minute periods, and we planned two years in advance just for this reason, because we knew that the officials, their working conditions changed, and they were going to want more money for the additional time, which rightfully they, they, should, they should get. And uh, we, and it, it was to give each section time to go and renegotiate contracts, and us in Section 6, thanks to our negotiating team, uh, you know, under Tim Slade's direction, uh, we negotiated with the hockey officials here in Buffalo, came out to a good working agreement, and, uh, you know, made it happen. Um, but that n- didn't necessarily happen across the state. Uh, we had two years to work on it, and uh, some people just kind of sat on it. And it's, it's disappointing because, you know what, the kids are the ones that get get hurt. Um, but it, it affects the game uh, and, and really uh, makes us look bad in terms of uh, decision-making as well. Why am I not surprised that this is a New York State thing? Uh, most coaches, do they would they prefer the 17-minute uh, period? I would, see, I would assume they would be in favor of it. Absolutely. Um, you know, the feedback across the state has been overwhelmingly in support of the, of the increased time. And what the increased time means, increasing the penalty minutes to two minutes, five minutes, and ten minutes, just like normal hockey. You know, for years we did a minute and a half, four minutes, and seven and a half. Um, so, yeah, overwhelmingly the hockey coaches – uh, are we're super supportive of it, and now they're they're very disappointed that here we are. We're going to play all year one way, and now we have to go back and play a totally different way when it comes down to state championship. Well, that's sad that that, that this has to happen, and uh, hopefully the, you know, everybody will be able to come to an agreement in the future and straighten all of this out. But, you know, as you said, uh, the, the kids are the ones that get hurt by this, and it seems it's like always the case that uh, the kids are the forgotten one or the players uh, in all of this. You know, Mark, thanks so much for uh, chiming in with us, getting us up to date as to what's going on. Keep us up to date, and hopefully, as I said, this all gets straightened out. Thanks for having me, Tony. All right, Mark, take care. Mark Filippo. Uh, chiming in, I mean, and, and he's right. You play, all, you go all year playing one way, and then now you approach the playoffs. Okay, you got to change it. That, it's not right. Uh, no, especially when you're talking about uh, the way that you manage a game. You know what I mean? From lines and all the different things that come into play, especially with hockey. You're talking about, you know, uh, two minutes is a big difference in how you're going to manage a game and how you're going to go attack a game. I, I think that's a it's a big difference from from regular season to playoffs. Rick, I mean, from a coaching standpoint, when you're talking about preparing your team and you're looking at this, uh, you've been going 17 minutes all year. Now you got to uh, go down to 15, and the penalty minute changing. How does that change your perspective uh, from a it's coaching a, uh, standpoint? Know, the, the, the line changes. Uh, you know, you, you like to have a deep bench if you're if you're playing in a longer you know 17 minute periods. Um, but the the big difference is on the uh, the power play and the penalty kill. To have that extra 30 seconds is huge because um, you, know, you see a lot of uh, uh, schemes where it, it you know might take you uh, 30 seconds or so to figure out what the uh, power play is doing. 
and uh, adjust defensively, and the same from you know defensive standpoint. But it is uh, to change before the playoffs. I just you know can't understand why New York State would would do that and just play, instead of playing out the season through the playoffs and then explore it at the uh, state meetings in May. And from a, a conditioning standpoint and a skating standpoint, is it going to be that much of a difference for the uh, players? Yeah, when you, you, six minutes, um, you know, especially when the girls we play fifteen minute periods. Um, Six minutes is a, is a good chunk of hockey. It's almost, you know, a half a period. That is a lot. Is it two shifts per Frank? Line? Yeah. It's yeah. at least a shift and a half per line. I went back and crunched some numbers. Now, Francis, we probably get to 8 to 15 games on any given week, uh, boys and girls. How many goals were scored in that final minute of a period or at the end of a game so that those extra two minutes are huge? I counted 12 alone that I've been at where a goal was scored with less than two minutes to play in a game, wow. not just a period, in a game. So it is, it is huge. All right, guys, let's get back into uh, in the news and notes. Uh, Francis, go ahead. Well, uh, Stephen Boyd from Cardinal O'Hara, you might remember him, a big piece of that Cardinal O'Hara football team this past year. He announced his commitment to Mercyhurst, so congrats to him. Uh, we have a big congratulations to wrestling coach Mike Missouri from St. Francis. He picked up his 300th career victory as a coach. And an up, some updates from Tim Slade. Um, indoor track and field meet at Hone College is on for today, as well as the wrestling meets. Our matter work is at, there. And then the cheerleading championships are going to be tomorrow. They're still on, but they have been moved from Buffalo State to Star Point. So keep in mind that. And then we have another news and note. Andrew Peral from Luport has officially signed to uh, run D1 track and field and cross country at Canisius College. Roger, did you have anything? Just a couple of things. Uh, I was uh, down at Southwestern High School last night. Aaron Raddick uh, went over uh, 1,000 points last night. Nice. She needed 25 going into the game. The first half... She was held to, I believe, uh, six points, maybe eight. And I says, you know what? The way uh, Maple Grove's playing defense, uh, maybe I should just go uh, pass up on the second half and go down to Davidson's. Well, I fortunately did not uh, decide to do that. And uh, she had quite a third quarter. And uh, early in the fourth quarter, she had 1,000 points. Uh, they beat Maple Grove. Now it looks like they got the lock on the CCAC, whatever, one or two, east or west. So, they're, uh, again, congratulations. She's fun to watch, especially if you're not familiar with her. You go down there and you look at the warm-ups before they take their warm-up jackets off and you can't read the numbers. And you're saying, gee, I wonder which one's Aaron Raddick. It'd probably be the fourth or fifth choice. There's going to be a number of signings on Wednesday. It's a national signing day. Just to follow up for Francis. Canisius has theirs coming up. Yeah, Tristan Vandenberg will, will officially sign his letter of intent to go play in Ohio. But I believe there's four students, athletes from Williamsville North on the docket as well. So plenty of signings this Wednesday. Congratulations cool. to all those athletes. Yeah, and then also March 30th. And this year it will be at Park High School, not at Canisius High School, will be the senior boys and girls games. Uh, we've come up with a bunch of candidates. They will be mailing out letters to the schools, inviting the candidates and all that. But it will be March 30th, probably, 
Um, if it's the same time as last year, it'll be uh, twelve thirty and two o'clock. Don't hold me to those times, but figure uh, senior day, March thirtieth in the afternoon. All right. Uh, the schedule has come out for the two thousand nineteen clinics and uh, meetings at the Elks Lodge, thirty three Legion Parkway in Lancaster. Mondays at seven thirty, and it's going to kick off Monday, February eleventh. Uh, University of Buffalo's Andy Kotelnicki, uh, co-offensive coordinator, running backs, and they're going to talk run-pass options on Monday, February 25th, Colgate University's Paul Schaffner, uh, best defensive schemes to win. That's one that I need to go to. March 11th, a doubleheader. They're going to have Bates College and OP Syracuse grad Garrett McLaughlin, running backs and special teams, and then Ed Rabby, defensive coordinator of Morrisville State. Uh, March, 20, March 18th, Brockport State, they're sending their best. And uh, let's see, April 1st, Alfred University head coach Bob Rankel, offenses that win. And then on the 15th of April, 7 o'clock, at Buff State, uh, head coach uh, Christian Oslins and staff, they're going to do offensive drills, best play, and um, much more. So there's your schedule for the Monday night uh, clinics and uh, meetings that will be held at the Elks Lodge in, uh, in Lancaster. All right, time for our G&G Fitness Coach of the Week. And remember, to nominate a coach, you need to go to livefit.com. That's livefit.com. That's where you go. You, uh, you know, put in the uh, information, coach, the school, and the reason why you are nominating that coach. And this week we selected Kristen Wegren of Grand Island Girls Basketball organizing a beautiful tribute to uh, Julie Roth Neville. And, uh, Tom, you were there. You got to speak uh, to many on hand there. Yeah, we've actually now done two uh, ceremonies for Julie. We were part of the Kenmore Ken East game. That's right where they actually donated four scholarships to the four boys that were uh, that are part of the family, correct? Then we got, got to see Grand Island do their thing, and uh, it was unbelievable. It was ceremony was about... They retired her, her jersey. Yeah, they, uh, number 24, was it? Yeah, number, number 24, 24, which yep. is actually in honor of her father, um, who wore 24 his whole career in both uh, high school and college. Her brother also wore 24, if I'm correct, out there too, and then hence is why she wore it. And now they have uh, retired the number. No one will, will wear 24 again. Um, what, what is very unique is is that um, our coach that we've just nominated here played for Julie also. So she was a player underneath Julie and has now had the chance to uh, – to play and coach. Wow, that had to be so difficult, though. All the emotions that 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 run through your mind, and not to mention, oh, by the way, I have to coach a game. Right, well, and, and she did. She emceed it, emceed the entire event, and then went and coached the game right afterwards. Wow, what was really nice. Shout out to Roy Hart for stepping in, kind of last minute. Yeah. CS, this is supposed to be a league game with CSAT, but CSAT had to back out because of the weather. And so they were able to bring in Roy Hart. It was actually they put it together as a scrimmage, but they were able to have the night with the JV and varsity going, and they had the ceremony in between. Wow, 
Well, kudos to all involved, and congratulations to Kristen Redgren, our G&G Fitness Coach of the Week. So that'll do it for news and notes. Girls Fed Hockey's, uh, we're just about playoff time. What is When is the last regular season? Uh, uh, the day? regular season uh, finished up about a week and a half ago. Oh, I thought we were finishing this week. No, no. Man, we, we were supposed to be uh, playing in our, the championship, the Section 6 championship, uh, Monday night at the Harbor Center. But uh, the storm wiped out the, th- the three quarterfinal games on Tuesday, and the semis were supposed to be Thursday. So now we've, uh, you know, the coaches did a great job scrambling. Uh, we had our end of the season meeting Monday night. We were able to come up with three sheets of ice uh, on Monday for the uh, quarters. Uh, we got two sheets of ice, uh, different locations on Tuesday for the semis, and then the uh, the Section 6 champion will be crowned 4.30 game uh, at the Northtown Center Wednesday afternoon. And then it's a short turnaround for the champion. At least they don't have to travel very far because we're hosting the uh, state championships uh, Friday the 8th and then Saturday the 9th down at Harbor Center. But we had to scramble. It's going to mean three games uh, in a row for potentially for one of the teams in the finals. And, you know, it could be six games in five days overall. But, uh that's what happens when you get uh, the weather like we had last week. Were you guys panicking, like, oh, no, don't do this to us? Uh, well, it, it helped having that Monday night meeting. So we kind of yeah. had, you know, the, uh, the coaches did a great job. Matt Miller, you know, worked with Dave Sindor from Lancaster. They found some ice at uh, Holiday uh, Twin for their uh, quarterfinal game. Uh, the Bob Klimowitz, the uh, flop coach, came up with a semifinal sheet, 3 o'clock out at uh, the Nike base in Hamburg for Tuesday and we got a Riverworks game, 4.30, Williamsville and Niagara County. And then the 6 o'clock game at Harbor Center, which was supposed to be our championship sheet of ice. Uh, Amherst, Sweet Home, Clarence is playing against uh, West Seneca, Hamburg, Eden at 6. So we'll have our you know, three-quarter finals. Uh, Flop gets a bye as a top seed uh, on Monday. And then the two semis on, on Tuesday and the championship game. On Wednesdays, and it's almost like the schedule we've had in the past, with you know, but with a day off in between. We usually have had our semis on Monday with a Wednesday championship and the winning team going on to the to the states, which we get to host this year at Harbor Center. Well, kudos first of all to the operators of the rinks that are uh, able to be flexible for you guys and. Because uh, I'm sure that, you know, they're looking at They had probably had things locked in. You have to make calls. Okay, let's try to move this to that. Absolutely. And, you know, it's different when you have a gymnasium. You can just, okay, who can we move in there? But uh, coaches did a great job. Uh, Nicola Adamy came up with her practice sheet of ice on Wednesday for our championship game, which was nice. And uh, so we're, we're fortunate that we're able to pull it off, I you know. I don't think there's any meteorologists in this room because we were nah. <laughs> debating the, the blizzard factor earlier, but it looks like the weather next week is going to be okay to play. Excellent. All right, let's you take... have to worry about the ice melting. Yeah. <laughs> 50 <laughs> degrees? Yeah, you go we, we from uh, blizzards to uh, flooding. We, I'm willing to play a meteorologist on TV if they need me to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's take a break. When we come back more with Rip, Rick Hopkins and get updated as to the playoffs, uh, I don't know, kind of find out what players have been doing what since the last time we talked girls hockey. We'll have all that and more. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're 
We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri. We have Frank Wolf, Francis Beck, Tom Prince, from, Don Prince from WNY Athletics, Roger Royce, our resident troublemaker, Rick Hopkins in studio to talk. Well, you are a troublemaker. You say the nicest things, Anthony. <laughs> Rick Hopkins in here talking girls hockey. Frank, last year at this time, you were actually filling in for me. And I was fired, I think, six weeks later. <laughs> oh, because yesterday marked the anniversary of my first surgery. So uh, I remember you were uh, you were holding down the fort while I recuperated. So this is kind of nice being back in the studio. Do you notice there's still garbage underneath here that was there? Tim Horton's bag. <laughs> Paul's donut cup. Derek Kramer, I think, left some French fries under there for you if anybody's uh, interested. Uh, Rick, you've been coaching since day one in uh, Girls Fed Hockey, so... You know, you, Bill Pavone, you guys are uh, the dinosaurs of the league. Don't mention Bill. No. Don't mention Bill because I I take the brunt of this. And, in fact, in any second he's going to start texting me, leave my name out of it. Full disclosure, right, Rick? Yeah, All right, yeah. I'll refer to him as Chili Billy from now Unless on. Unless he brings Too some late uh, now. Chili Billy coupons. <laughs> yes, but, uh, some Choco Tacos. No, Bill's done, a, Bill's done a great job. I know he hates I have it. to mention him because oh, yeah, of he's... everything that he does. You look at uh, the Facebook page that he runs for uh, uh, WNY, not, no, Western New York Girls Hockey. And, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. His commitment to the game as well as bringing girls uh hockey to uh varsity love right he uh he run the he won the the russin award the first year which was named in, in memory of dr james russin who helped get the league started but you know bill does a great job he, he doesn't get paid um you know he he helped get the kenmore team on the ice but he's he's just as dedicated to the other seven teams in the league his his passion and you know he's all about getting more publicity for the girls and more recognition for all eight teams that are in the Fed, and we're we're lucky to have him in our corner, and he's he's done a great job helping uh, organize the uh, state tournament, which we're hosting, along with uh, Janet and Randy Schultz, that have really helped out. They do a fantastic job too. Now, you know, and the reason why I'm bringing up that you've been there since day one, the difference between the difference in competitiveness of what we have now compared to day one, the first season. Oh, it's it's night and day. Uh, it's the the level of play is increased um, with the number of travel players that are in the league um, and the amount of time that the girls are, are putting into the sport, um, not just in the winter months, but in the spring and in the summer as well. But uh, very competitive, and it, it's great that we have the, the defending state champion, too. After all the trips we've uh, made uh, to, the, to the state finals, um, it was nice to have the champion uh, flop winning it all last year, and that, that helped. Um, you know, big year for us with our eighth team added. Uh, first time ever we've added a, a, a team. Other schools have joined current teams uh, combined, but Niagara County came in this year, and they've done a great job in their first season. It, it's balanced our schedule where we've played a 14-game uh, schedule. Uh, great Groskoff has done a, a great job coaching, keeping those girls positive. They didn't win a game, but their their real victory was um, going to their school boards for the last three years and convincing, um, you know, Star Point and, and Ira Wheatfield to uh, to recognize and, and put a girls team 
on the ice. So it, it's an exciting year for that and also the fact that we're hosting the state tournament for the second time. Well, you guys, you have a unique playoff system, and it's part of one of the reasons why it uh, it throws me off every year is I forget that you guys split your postseason. Explain that uh, to our audience who are not familiar with how that works. Right, we we do have uh, two championships. Well, we're hosting the state, so there's going to be three champions crowned in Western New York this year. But um, Section Six, as we know, doesn't allow the Catholic or private schools in the playoffs and. Um, the first two years of the league, we had our, our federation championship like we have every year, but our Section 6 champion did not go to the state tournament um, because it just was, didn't work with our schedule. Um, and when I became chairman uh, after uh, uh, Dr. Russin handed me the reins, uh, I said, you know, we've got to get our sectional champion to the state tournament for exposure and to help grow the sport um, in Section 6, but also across the state. Uh, so... We have our, our Section 6 championship uh, because the state championship is always the first or second weekend in February. After that, we have our federation championship, which includes the Monsignor Martin team, which is made up of all the, the uh, girls' uh, uh, Catholic schools in the area. So two championships because we don't want to um, you know, exclude anybody. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's kind of nice. It gives you a, a shot to win. You win two. It's it's tough enough winning one championship. And you know, look what Flop did last year. They won all three. And um, you know, Kenmore a couple of years they won the uh, sectional title and the federation title. And Monsignor Martin is a powerhouse every year, um, and they've won a number of federation titles. So it's really nice that everyone's included to win a championship. Um, you know. As we quickly go in, let's get started on some of the names. I'll start with your team. I thought you guys might have taken a back seat. You lost a lot of star power, some kids who went to some D3 powers in Plattsburgh, and you guys seemingly picked up where you left off. You have the Fed's leading scorer, Emma Rowland. Uh, what do you, you do? You know you have the Bill Belichick of girls hockey sitting in studio right <laughs> He's now. He's not wearing a hoodie. No, no, you have the no. Bill Belichick of girls hockey here. No, maybe maybe the Marv Levy been runner <laughs> runner up a lot oh. like Marv, which which I don't mind that. No, but I, uh, you know, it, you look at our graduating class last year. You know, nine nine seniors moving on. Holly Schmelzer up at Plattsburgh and Amanda Gaffney playing regularly at, at Cortland and, and scoring goals there. And, you know, I really thought it was going to be a, a rebuilding year with such a large senior class, but have a big junior class. And it includes the uh, the Roland twins. I mean, Aaron uh, came back to play after a few years off because of the you know the busy schedules all the girls have with travel, hockey, you know, field hockey clinics, lacrosse clinics that go on, softball uh, during the winter months. But um, you know, we were able to 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 look at our lineup and uh, you know Vanessa Willick, a freshman who's scored double digits in goal. She she was a surprise because you never know until your tryouts who's coming out to your team. And we've been. Fortunate. I was looking at our schedule the other day. We've we've won a number of one goal games, and the, as you guys know, the the girls' fed is extremely competitive. You can, you know, throw out the records during the regular season for regular season games, and even more so when the playoffs roll around because um, everyone's has solid goaltending, and that's you know, in, in, a, in a, a five a top five that if they were on the ice all the time are, are very strong as well. So I yeah, was- we were surprised that you know to find ourselves. Uh, up in the the standings, but uh, you know the, the the season starts on Monday. I was just going to say the fact that you know, and I say it every year when we talk hockey, boys or girls, whoever has the hottest goaltender at the time could win it all. You could be the top team, or you could be the fourth or fifth best team. 
and even farther on down, the hot goaltender turns things around. Yeah, and the the Fed is just loaded with top-notch, uh, tier one travel goalies, and um, you know the OP Frontier. You know Brooke Becker is their their the big name there, but they have a, a very deep team, and especially in. In, in goal, Victoria Cottrell and, and Maggie Speech uh, do a great job. They're both seniors, and, you know, they're, they're both strong. And, uh, you know, Chris Malecki with his Monsignor Martin team, he's got uh, Izzy uh, Battaglia and Grace Harrington, two very strong goalies. Uh, and, though, you know, those two teams, I think, you know, Monsignor Martin's maybe given up uh, 22 goals and, and, and flop maybe 23. So they're... They're very strong, and, and Dylan Gorski, the the Lancaster Iroquois Depew goalie, uh, uh, top notch. Sissy Harmon from West Seneca. I mean, she's uh, Hamburg uh, Eden. She set a record last year with, I think, close to seventy saves, and um, she's she's strong. And, and you look at the Amherst team; they have a seventh grade, you know, Amherst Clarence Sweetom seventh grader playing goal, um, and she's doing a great job. Uh, Kylie Page and. Uh, you because know, they're an explosive offensive team uh, that Nikki has, but uh, you know they've been getting by with uh, with a, a goalie that you know just came out because their their starter from from last year was was injured. So, uh, Roger, you're right. You know, goaltending is the key. You can have all the firepower in the world, and you you know you you get into playoffs, and you know you, you outshoot a team forty to fifteen, and you end up losing two to one, and, and that could easily happen. Uh, on on Monday, Tuesday, or, or, or Wednesday, because the, the goaltending is key. You run into a Bernie Perrant. Half the people in this room don't even know who I'm How'd talking you know about. What was going through my mind is I'm thinking Bernie Perrant. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, but it is nice to have. We'll explain later, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> it is nice to have goal scores too, and uh, the the pair of Emma's up top. Emma. Roland has done a great job for Williamsville, and Emma Faso, uh, scoring mm-hmm. champion, and she's going to be. She just uh, committed to go to Plattsburgh, you know, the D three power. So, it, and she was being recruited by a lot of schools, uh, Division one schools for soccer. And I have to coach against her in lacrosse, and she's a nightmare on the lacrosse field <laughs> as well. Uh, and, and and Jersey Phillips uh, is a magician with uh, Lancaster Iroquois Depew. She ended up with. Um, 20 goals, as did Emma Faso, and Emma Rowland had 27, I think. But uh, Jersey is, is is a special player. She, you know, sees the ice extremely well, just magical hands. And, you know, Brooke Becker's just, a, you know, a nightmare to defend. I've never seen a, a player skate with their head up the way she does. And, you know, you, you shut her down, you know, and next thing you know, she's throwing a cross ice pass to someone wide open that, you know, no one saw it. She's just uh, Putting a puck right on the tape. Huh? Yeah, her and her, her shot from the point, I, you know, a lot of their flop goals are scored, and, and hockey in general are scored on rebounds, and her her shots always, always get through. And then uh, you look at the Monsignor Martin team, you know, they're just a nightmare to match up with uh, three lines, you know, no real superstars, but, you know, they have Izzy Friedman, Emily Matthews, Alexa Grow, these girls, you know, they all, I think, have 10 goals, all his top nine forwards. So they're real tough <coughs> to defend. And uh, even, you know, Niagara County, they've, they've scored some goals. And, and uh, Natalie O'Brien, uh, their leading scorer, uh, is, 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 is a force to be reckoned with. And uh, that, that line that uh, Emma Faso plays on with Charlie Rondeau and uh, Allison uh, Green, tough to defend. So... You know, everyone has goaltending, but uh, 
when it comes to scoring goals, uh, you know, everyone has someone that can put the puck in the net. So, which is good. It makes, like I said, for for good competitive hockey. Francis, oh, can you forecast the uh, playoffs and how this is all going to shake out? Do you have a pretty good idea who's going to uh, wind up on top? Um, well, you got in Section 6, um, I-, I see it's going to be flop in Leansville again, as it usually has it's been for the past couple of years. Uh, Lid has a very strong team. They'll make it out of the quarterfinals. Um, I- I, you know, with Jersey Phillips, they're never a team to count out, and they had a uh, strong start to the year, but I do like flopping Millennials in the end. This Cash Hughes game on Monday night, that's going to be interesting. They were the last game of the regular season to play. I'll be there at Harbor Center uh, that game. And you got like teams with different differing styles. You got Sissy Harmon, you talked about with Hughes, the great goalie. And then you have Cash with Emma Faso and Charlie Rondo, this great scoring team. You just never know which way the pucks bounce, and you know on that stage what's going to happen. Flop's got the firepower for sure, but I think it's going to come down to a goaltender stealing a game, and that Hughes goaltender and Degorski at uh, Lancaster, one of those girls, if they could steal a game, and I could see them doing it, uh, I think they could shake things up a little bit. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Hughes or a Lids playing Wednesday, but um, my, my, my heart tells me that they can do it. My head's telling me that Francis is probably right. It should come down to Flop and Williamsville again, but I could definitely see one of those girls stealing a game when they need to. Well, just Anthony. the fact that you guys ha- can, can sit here and, and debate, I mean, that goes to show what we were talking about earlier of the competitiveness that uh, we're now seeing. So it's no longer one team just running away with the league where we have, yeah, generally, and, and, you know, it could be any one of the teams that can wind up. And as you guys have said, a goalie can come out there and, and, and steal the whole show. For our so, listeners, shouldn't we define these terms? We know what we're talking about when we say flop yes, and lid and yeah. use. Maybe somebody should uh, define those for the list. Like, who the heck are they talking about? Flop is Frontier Lakeshore OP. Lid. Lancaster, Depew, Iroquois. See, you're good at this. No, I, I know, but does the audience realize this? Clarence Amherst, Sweet Home. Kenji is Kenmore East and the Best West in Grand Island. And then there's Hughes, Hughes, Hamburg, Eden, Eden. West Seneca, East and West. And the Niagara County, which is Starpoint and Niagara Weekend. Well, they still don't have a nickname. We try giving them a nickname. I got one. 425s. Route 24 route 425 runs through both districts. What if they – I don't think anybody liked that but you. (laughs) That's a great name. We put that out. uh, Lewis and Port could be joining them next year. That's true. Which would be nice. So you by, guys work on the- by the third segment. <laughs> I'll have one for you, Anthony. <laughs> All right, let's take a break, guys. When we come back, we have uh, one more segment to go, and then don't forget uh, we have Sports Talk Saturday following us at eleven. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio five fifty. back one last segment of inside high school sports and we're chatting with rick hopkins about girls fed hockey again uh kind of you know it's done a little different they have three championships and that's all starting uh 
the playoffs underway. You guys all have your matchups. You have your ice time. The scouting is in. You know, you're exchanging notes, finding out, okay, what do we got to do to stop this team and, and that team. Uh, are the coaches pretty good about helping out one, one another when it comes to breaking down other teams? Like, hey, you know, watch out in their number 13. Yeah, with the, with the league being so uh, small, too, with just eight teams, we normally would play – um, each other three times during the regular season. But this year with the addition of Niagara County, it's just uh, two games. So you, everyone knows everybody else's rosters pretty well. And, and uh, you know, Jeff Orlowski and Matt Miller do a great job with the statistics. So you know, on Bill's, you know, website, so you just uh, a click away and you can find out, you know, who the scores are, you know, even the, the power play percentage, penalty kill percentage, you know, goalie save percentage. So um, it's it's we know our, our rosters pretty well, but you know, and outside the section, it, it's hard because we don't really play. Yeah, that's many what teams ask, outside the section. I was going to get it. It's like, how do you you know how do you prepare when you're going to face a team that uh, you've obviously not faced during the regular season? You may be completely unfamiliar with. Yeah, I mean, we we had uh, Williamsville. We played Ithaca this year. It's the first time a, a team from outside the section during the regular season has come to Western New York to play. And they finished um, second over in uh, Section 3, and they're playing um, Scanny Atlas in their championship today. So that winner will be coming over, and the Section 3 champion will play the Section 7 champion at 8 o'clock um, Friday at the, uh, at the Harbor Center. In Section 7, it's a, a championship between Saranac, Lake Placid, combined team versus Plattsburgh. Um, and they're in Section 7, and then the Section 10 champion will play the Section 6 champ um, at 6 o'clock on Friday, and the Section 10 championship is between Potsdam and Messina. That's also today. So I'm sure, you know, we'll be, whoever wins our championship on Wednesday will be trying to, to, to get some, some breakdown on, uh, on Messina and Potsdam. Because, At least go watch them. Check yeah, them, yeah, because we have a little bit idea from you know I get to go to the the championships every year as the section six chairman and uh, you know to see how the other sections are doing and and next year it's going to be a little bit different because we have a fifth section coming in section one is joining next year that's Hudson Valley so there's going to be some strong teams you know they've got great travel hockey down there Mamaroneck uh, Brewster. Um, that are going to be coming in, uh, you know, as part of Westchester County. So there's some strong teams down there. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who comes down out of Section 10 and, you know, to try to help out, you know, as, as much as we can, whoever our champion is. If You know, if it's Ithaca, I'll be telling whoever the coach is, uh, hey, we, we played them, this is who to look for. But I wanted to give a little props to the defensemen in our league, too, because we have great scoring and great goaltending, and obviously everyone knows about um, Brooke Becker, uh, Monsignor Martin's got an outstanding freshman in, in Cameron Brown Scheidel. You, you might recognize that name. It's yeah. been in Western New York hockey for a, a while. Uh, Sarah Barrett, from, daughter or granddaughter? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. She's she's from the, the Brown Scheidel family, but she's she's an amazing player. We'll uh, explain Brown Scheidel later, Francis. Explaining <laughs> a, a lot to him only later. A freshman and Elizabeth Sidorsky, who I coach at Williamsville, she's graduating with. Six varsity letters in ice hockey, six in field hockey, and six in lacrosse. Uh, wow. Abby Blair. And, <laughs> Isn't that kind of overdoing yeah, it, Anthony? I mean, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Abby Blair and, and Chloe Moore from Kenmore, Grand Island, uh, two you know solid defensemen, and Anna Pitts from uh, Lid. So, uh, you know, great, great across the board. And it's just, you know, that some teams have a little bit more depth than others. But when playoffs come around, you know, benches sometimes get shortened and you get a 
a hot goalie and you know in uh, Lancaster uh, has Dylan Gorski but you know Kenmore GI they get their um, goalie back uh, Carolyn Bourgeois will be back in net for them and she's a big uh, difference maker so you know we'll We'll see how it all unfolds on, on Monday, but, uh, you know, upsets happen every year. Sure. Any talk of uh, expansion within Section 6? Any schools looking? I know you mentioned uh, possibly. Yeah, Loopport is Luport. coming in next year. They're going to be. But they're going to join the Niagara. the Niagara County team. Right. So, you know, with Niagara County, they were the first team uh, we've had joined to make it an eight-team league. You know, there's talk that Section 5, uh, once they heard Section 1 was coming on board. So, you know, because there's a lot of solid girls travel hockey over in Section 5. So, um, but but for now, you know, we've we've pretty much covered all the bases in Section 6. But there still are some schools out there. People always say, well, you know, East Aurora has their own rink. But, you know, it helps if program school districts already have boys varsity hockey. Then it makes it an easy approach to school boards to, to say, hey, how about girls? It's interesting that you mentioned... Hudson Valley, and, uh, you know, down in, uh, you know, basically uh, suburban New York City, because all the other ones you were mentioning before, Messina, Plattsburgh, Potsdam, all of these are located on the uh, Canadian border, so I'm sure the proximity to Canada and what hockey is like up there has a lot of impact. So it's nice to hear Section 5 and especially Hudson Valley hockey. Are you serious? Yeah, they've got the backing. <laughs> they've had clinics the last two years funded by the New York Rangers, so the Rangers have actually Holy recognized cow. the need for, for girls hockey because they've got great travel hockey down there in Section 1. So we're going to have to play you know, next year uh, you know, a pigtail, a play-in game with the five sections that will be uh, represented, so it's exciting. The sport continues to grow, and uh, um, it's been great getting you know Niagara County on board, and uh, you know Louport jumping in next year, and you know there's Jamestown, there's travel hockey down there, the, the Southern Tier, Dunkirk, Fredonia has travel hockey. So there's there are other areas that we're going to focus on and uh, try to make it happen. I'm uh, surprised Section A wouldn't be involved with the Islanders. You would think, and then Eastern really, Long, uh, Western <clears throat> Long Island. Major kudos to. What you guys have done, because next year you will celebrate your tenth season, wow. which wow. is an incredible girls hockey. Ten years? Are you kidding me? That went by fast. Dude, it's really fifty a fifteen year celebration because it took us five years to get the get it on the uh, ice. But a lot of uh, girls have have graduated and, and come back to coach. I have two on my staff: uh, Shauna Claire, who played for me in Williamsville; Rachel Leonard, who was a standout at for OP Frontier, but then went to Monsignor mm, Martin. Yeah. Um, so it's it's great to see these girls uh, coming back and, and helping uh, the girls fed. All right, guys, that's going to about do it uh, for us. Uh, thank you much, Rick, for spending time with us this Thanks morning. John Simon, thank you for producing. We'll talk to you guys next week with more Inside High School Sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.